I've never been connected to this part of my body before. I've never been connected to my heart as much as I am in this moment. Dear life, I'm in. Dear life, I'm in. Dear life, I'm in. I'm in. in. Say, I'm in. Cheers. Cheers. To our uh, first podcast. First podcast. I think you uh, haven't gotten enough of us. Here you go. Now you can listen to <laughs> us in the car. <laughs> or Everywhere watch you us go. on YouTube. Yeah. Or, you know, if you want to sit, watch, listen, here, learn. Here we go. <laughs> Lucky mm-hmm. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably listen to myself. I really struggle to listen to myself. <laughs> But you know this. We've done podcasts before with other people, and I start talking. I'm like, oh, okay, I can't listen to myself talk anymore. <laughs> That's very true. I kind of do the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Although I think I'm pretty funny, so. It's a true story, too. <laughs> you are pretty funny. Ah, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Yeah, so. So very interesting day today. So today is the first recording of our podcast, mm-hmm. which will be out, you know, we'll, it'll We'll have the date. We'll yeah, the, the date. date will be later. But the day that we're recording this, uh, I was sitting and I was looking at my Facebook and my memories are coming up. And this memory pops up from five years ago. <laughs> so we'll just like jump right into the story of how Chantel and I actually became friends. And so I'm coaching her CrossFit class. And she's working out, and she's been in there for a while, and I learned that uh, she is a six-degree black belt, Um, which to me just means that she has a lot of black belts in her room. It doesn't uh, – I don't think about it with, like, honor and respect, and I I more more think of it as she's just a lethal weapon Mm -hmm. and could probably kill me. (laughs) That's in my my brain. You know, you think, like, UFC and all that kind of stuff. I know, right? Uh, so I don't understand karate etiquette because I've never done karate. Mm-hmm. Although I wanted to do it as a kid. You did a couple weeks of jujitsu, which yeah, which is not the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not rolling around with really sweaty boys was fun, but but not the same. <laughs> yeah, but not the same. <laughs> not the same. <laughs> so I learned that she is a six degree black belt, and I'm like, I wonder, I wonder how long it would take for her to tap me out. That's like my thought process. (laughs) (laughs) And so I planned this attack for months secretly. And I, yeah, I had no idea. 
during during this time push buttons like a little bit Yeah, during this time we were we were somewhat friends you know you coached a few of my classes and I saw you in the gym and um we'd worked out together a couple times and we had good conversation and I think we had maybe gone to coffee yeah 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 Yeah. and so you were cool like you were you were cool person yeah yeah I'm not gonna kill you if you jump me (laughs) I think I needed to get to that point like okay so if I do this are we like friends enough that she won't kill me and I won't get injured. Uh, and so it was a workout that involved uh, like so many, it was, I think it was Turkish getups, uh, kettlebell swings and overhead, like overhead kettlebell squats or something, mm-hmm. something gnarly, some wretched yeah, workout that everyone was not okay afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was very difficult. It and was a hard she's one. facing the lockers. So she doesn't even see me. And she's putting her hair up in a ponytail, so I'm extra cowardly in this <laughs> process. I sneak up on her while she's doing something else. And I literally I had this whole move planned, and then all I did was... And I just landed on her, just jumped on her back. And that's <laughs> literally like what I heard. I heard all I could hear was obviously the banter with other people like around, like, ah, that was a hard workout. And then all of a sudden I hear like this... Like this pitter patter, <laughs> and then like hang time, and then I feel like this, like on my back. And next a thing I know, human. yeah, next thing I know, I have a arm wrapped around my neck, <laughs> legs wrapped around my waist, and I have no idea what. Basically, or you're, who. I'm getting a piggyback ride from you. Yeah, pretty much. Yes. Yeah. And uh, within about 20 seconds, uh, I'm sure we'll maybe share this video somewhere soon, but uh, basically, somebody got the the second part of it on video and yeah. on the ground. And the one thing I learned in jujitsu is don't let them have your back. Yeah. <laughs> so then all of a sudden, good bit of advice. Obviously she knows what he's, she's doing. I don't, I'm just in a ball of like muscle on the floor, giggling, laughing. I have my glasses on at this point. I'm sure my glasses have flown off and I'm laughing and I'm like, Oh no, this is bad. <laughs> As you see her just kind of creep onto my back and I'm just like in a ball face down fetal position on the floor and I'm like oh no this is bad don't let her have your back and it's all you hear your head is like on the floor (laughs) it like face like your forehead is on the mat and I just I just I really at this point I don't really even know what to do (laughs) like with you because it was it was fun but yet like people like in in what where I was, I was, I was teaching martial arts full time and, uh, running a karate studio. And I had been there since I was eight years old and I got my black belt when I was 12. And so I was very young. It was, uh, like a generation that was, uh, where you didn't have little eight year olds running around with black belts or 10 year olds for that matter, or 12 year olds. It was, you know, because they just didn't cut it and um they didn't have a program really for kids and so it was like I earned my black belt and so like through all of these stages of the different degrees there was this this respect that's just (laughs) built and gained and so when you're in a studio yes there's drills that we do that people 
attack you. And then you obviously you learn and you're experiencing this together, but never ever have I been like caught off guard in a playful manner like that. Um, let alone in a gym where in a CrossFit gym (laughs) outside of the studio, outside of my uniform. And so it was just this, but yet it was so cool because it to be in a, in a place where I could be, and it wasn't like I wasn't human, but I was in an atmosphere, uh, day in and day out where there was this um where people just respected you for your rank they didn't even have to know any any accomplishment they didn't have to see you fight they didn't have to see they just knew that if you were a black belt uh from this studio from this instructor that you know your stuff and so it was just this place that was just it was so fun because for so long I was in that that same arena and then to have you be like you want to play, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and and no joke. I mean, it took probably 20 seconds and I <laughs> I tapped. I made it 20 seconds and uh, I searched and searched all over the floor for a really long time to find my beautiful pearl earring. Yeah. And I found it about two hours later, like tangled up in the back of my hair. <laughs> so I get this text message later on in the day and it's a picture of <laughs> your mm-hmm. earring mm-hmm. in your hair yeah and i found it is yeah. what you said oh yeah. man so, so uh so if you're good. if you're joining us and you're still like who are these women mm-hmm. so uh my name is lucian crenshaw yeah <laughs> i'm Chantel dayton and uh we are the co-founders and owners and movers and shakers of uh camp 17 yeah uh, it's uh out of uh we're in medford oregon so we're in southern oregon Mm -hmm. uh and we are recording our first podcast episode yeah yeah Yeah. so that's uh that's (laughs) kind of how the intro we have been friends like ever since yeah like sure never looked back like oh my gosh how come i haven't met you earlier in life Mm -hmm. uh and just like sisters from another mister although we we constantly talk about how maybe just maybe we wouldn't still be friends had we become friends earlier in life. That's very true. (laughs) Yes. With a lack of maturity, lack of maturity probably would have gotten a lot of trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would have been maybe have been like really fun (laughs) trouble, but it still would have been. Yeah. It still would have been trouble for (laughs) sure. We probably shouldn't hang out because we're just getting in trouble. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. As teenagers or yes, I would totally agree with that. Yeah. And so, yeah, we ran into each other like really fast. Yeah. And so it was a, uh, pretty rad actually you know soul sisters yeah yeah where it was like okay you you have something that I need and to just just in life not only friendship but then uh also just as like a woman that uh I think broke a lot of um I don't want to say like the assumptions or the when you assume that you become friends with another woman like later on in life or even like um as couples and i'm sure it's the same with dudes too where there's like a little apprehensive like are you trustworthy yeah are you gonna like be like all my other friends before that were talking behind my back yeah and can i really let you know who i am and if i do like are you gonna stick around i think that that's one of the biggest the biggest things that that we see, I mean, obviously we work with women, Mm -hmm. um, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but when, 
women talk about being friends with other women, it's there is this this fear of if I really show you who I am, um, all, all of the things, not always. And sometimes we just feel like it's all the bad things, but really it's all of the wonderful and great things, too. Um, but sometimes we feel like those things, sharing those things might make us arrogant or might make us um, feel like, oh, if I share this, is this am I, I going to be like really set apart from yeah. this person or are they going to be like, oh, I can't hang out with them because um, of their success or Absolutely. because of their failure, yeah. right? Yeah, so it doesn't necessarily have to be failure, but it can be just this idea of comparison of, okay, well, you know, you're a successful coach and I'm a successful coach, but if we collaborate in something mm-hmm. and we create something um, because you might be better than me in certain areas, will that make me less than? Totally, and totally. The, the jealousy factor and the envy factor and, um, you know, will you, uh, will you find so much success as an individual, but then, then all of a sudden this isn't a thing anymore. And these, these things that happen where we might not necessarily like talk about this outwardly, but like jealousy and envy and how comparison is, um, is just so detrimental. Mm -hmm. I I especially think for women, Mm -hmm. but I don't think that it's probably outside the bounds of men either, but we are women. So we're not going to assume the uh the things that go on inside the mind of a man although we can um (laughs) but i think that comparison just keeps us so disconnected Mm -hmm. um and it really is just driven by fear yeah and and can so steal the joy that is friendship and the joy of like hey how do you want to change the world you do this i do this like Mm -hmm. let's go yeah what could what could happen and even like those things being indicators of you know like okay i i do feel a little jealous or I do feel like I'm comparing um those being indicators of like okay where I need to I need to look at something here you know and so I feel like meeting someone who's willing to look at the things that were uh that would surface like that and just for for like it's unto being a better version of yourself um or I I should be like you yeah yeah. But when I when I met you, I don't think that there was really even that grid. I think that there was um, the norm of the relationship that I had as far as like even through business, like with not business partners, but with bosses or with coworkers or with other friends or um, with just other females in general. And so even you even look at your parents, you know, like your mom or I don't have any sisters, but your sister, you know, there there's. Um, an immediate like where when we're younger we recognize and identify the differences and so whether the differences be you're on one side of the fence or the other Mm -hmm. whether um, it's something that you can see as like ah like not so great or a little bit better Um, and whether that be in physical movement Mm -hmm. or whether that be in um, intelligence or whether that be in uh, you know achievement in in school obviously is the most I don't want to say a parent, but, um, you know, when you're in school, you notice who gets the good grades, who's on the honor roll, who is right. And so you automatically start separating yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, but as, as a grown woman, I never like imagined like, okay, like I'm going to be in business with another woman. And this is because quite frankly, I worked with mostly men at the karate school where I was. And so, um, and so there's just, there's a difference there, but then, uh, like, it, is this going to work? Is this going to work? <laughs> yeah. We stay friends yeah. if we become business partners. <laughs> and let's be honest. The only reason why we have is because we've been such good friends. Yes. And yeah. the friendship has always been the priority over 
the business. Yes. Yeah. Most and then definitely. being able to absolutely respect who one another is mm -hmm. and being able to respect our own personalities and the things that we're really good at. Like I so respect how personable and kind and empathetic mm -hmm. and connecting you are to people and how much you so enjoy offering people an experience mm -hmm. through movement, which is part of the beauty of what we do, right? Mm -hmm. We're not just, we, we constantly just say like, we are more than a workout. Mm -hmm. We are more than a fitness program. We're more than some weight loss thing. Mm -hmm. It's just not what we do, but there's so many things about um, who you are and what you do that when I had taken your class so many years ago and experienced you in your element, mm -hmm. that for me, I was like, ooh, this, mm -hmm. this could be something really cool because of what I saw you do when you were really good at it mm -hmm. and knowing I'm not you, you're not me, and that's a beautiful thing instead yeah. of that's a bad thing. Yeah. Or that's going, this isn't gonna make this work because she's not gonna do things I mean, sure, have we like run into each other and like, hey, how come you can't do these things like I do these things? <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> but learning, like learning in the midst of that, like, hey, Lou, you're sprinting. Could you slow down? Well, no, you're walking. So why don't you run faster? Well, wait a second. Okay, if we just go ahead and one slow down mm -hmm. and one speed up a little bit, then all of a sudden you're mm -hmm. running with someone instead of dragging or trying to keep up, which I've had to learn a lot of as I just... Mm -hmm. Did a lot of things in business. I just made things happen. Did and a lot made of things, yeah. Happen. And then all of and a sudden, you did a lot like, of things oh, by I gotta, yourself. I gotta wait. I gotta wait for people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should slow down. <laughs> I was just born, born fast. fast. <laughs> yeah, totally. Fast and springy, totally. And yeah. So then we, we like really came to a point where, in obviously, the friendship was cultivated and the trust was there, and and you have obviously a story with uh with being a gym owner and um and and leaving things that you really have like you've planted your roots in and then you uprooted for something that was different that wasn't necessarily easy um we like to call that risk right <laughs> <laughs> and and so then here later on down the line, then you invite me to do the same thing. And you do it not by an actual verbal in invitation, mm -hmm. but like really asking me a question that was so crazy, which um, we talk about often, which is how do you want to change the world? So you mean one day I just like asked you, yes. like, how do you want to change the world? Don't you remember that? Do you remember? No, it was nuts. It was just so crazy. Cause there's just, I feel like you surround yourself with people that you, you are, you're familiar with the conversation. You know, you're familiar with, with, um, you're familiar with their language. You're familiar with their political views. You're pr you're familiar with um, on on all on you know you can look at ethics. You can look at all all the things, morals, um, and so you know people's responses. Um, but I don't think I'd ever been around somebody who believed that they could change the world with just who they were as a person without having some crazy platform, um, like as far as like politics or. Um, a talk show or, you know, and so it, and I don't really know what it was about it that was, uh, so inviting or even, but it was also, wasn't as inviting as it was confronting at the beginning. Mm -hmm. right? Like you just kind of felt that I was a little crazy. Yeah. I thought you were crazy, but then <laughs> I didn't think you were crazy. I just thought like, it didn't make sense, mm. you know, because I feel like if I, cause I had been, there's been other people with really wild ideas that I just, I do think 
are crazy. And so I almost like put a sep I, I separate myself from them and not physically, but just like, wow, okay, they think completely different than I do. And I don't agree with those things. But when you had asked me that question, like, how do you want to change the world? I never felt like I was separating myself from you. Mm. I felt possibility. I felt in the same space. I felt like, I felt like it was a question that I needed to answer. Mm. And so it wasn't, and as much as it wasn't easy to answer, nor was it like it immediate because it was just like, well, gosh, how, how do you, you thought and you asked me. So I thought, okay, it must be possible. And I feel like that's just your person anyway, you know, like in like now just working with you and being your best friend, like there are things where you're like, why not? And you don't have to have these examples of these people who did it before you in order to try it. And so, um, and so that's, that was scary. But for the first time I felt like, like life, mm. like, wow, like this is possible, but it's scary. Mm. Um, I'm not going to get hurt, but it's still scary, you know? And or we might totally fall on our faces and yeah. fail royally. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's true, but it's, it's, it, when you had, when you said that, Something shifted for mm. sure. And I was doing the same thing. Yeah, tell, oh. tell, tell us about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hello. No. Um, yeah, so I, I grew up studying martial arts and uh, studied here locally with a man named Chip Wright. I'm from Chip Wright's Champion Karate. Um, and I started as an eight-year-old girl with a, a neighbor girl down the street she just wanted to do karate for the summertime and so we joined together and never I never saw it past like a six-week special um which is what it summer was babysitting yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah it was like summer babysitting it was like my parents uh, are entrepreneurs and so they um have always uh owned their own business and so they were go 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 both of them were and um and so my grandma uh, actually helped raise us kids because my parents were, were movers, you know? And so they were always moving. And, um, and so I definitely, I was with my grandma or I was at the karate school when I was younger. And so at six weeks, once six weeks was up after the summertime, I had a choice to continue. So I did, and it just caught momentum. And, um, I then was confronted with more choices at the end, like, okay, like, are you going to continue um, and commit to the black belt training program? Mm. So that sounded cool, yeah. you know, and totally. And, but I never really saw it as a possibility because mm. it was like a five year thing. Okay. And uh, that's a long commitment to make as like a little kid, as a kid that you're committing to. Yeah. But do you think that it, it like cultivated something in you that, uh, has helped you as an adult? Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. I think that it, in certain periods, uh, you know, just as a young girl, as you know, you go through different stages of security and insecurity mm -hmm. and, um, and strength. And you have lots of questions about your beauty. You have a lots of questions, especially if you're a gifted athlete, like, okay, like, is it okay for me to be aggressive? You know, as a girl, mm -hmm. is it okay for me to hit and punch and kick hard? Is it okay? And so it was quite rad actually to really look back on it now, knowing what I know, and to see like when I actually made the choice to, to allow an intensity as a woman 
and a power as a woman to be okay. But it um, was always, it, it created in you a power that was under control. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Where it was, it was a confidence mm. um, where we, you could be still and then you could be, you can be completely still, completely calm, and then be explosive in the next m movement or moment. And that's definitely, I think, one of one of the things that um, I so respect about who you are and what you do, but also what you bring to what we do, because mm -hmm. there's there's such a balance of of like our personalities in a way that uh, you know I can say like we gotta go make the mug happen. <laughs> and then you're like, wait, but there's like, look at all these little dots that are on the outside of it. And we should like pay attention to what this mm -hmm. is and we should find this. And, and the ability to see that and know that is, um, I always look back and I'm like, wow, that what, as, as your best friend and seeing what karate has done there, there were so many things that as like an eight year old that you learn that are, so apparent in what you're doing and then as you as I you know watch you teach our ladies how to do karate as well that mm -hmm. are just so cool so I just cool. wish I would have learned karate and <laughs> if you've got kids I would say like gymnastics and karate yes. are some of the best things as parents that you could um that you could do for your children mm -hmm. uh in in that power under control um in learning uh, in learning how to protect yourself, but also how to manage your stress and manage your own like ah, mm -hmm. of what's happening. Um, but then gymnastics as well, just in the area of being able to connect and move with your body. So as a parent, like get your kids in karate for at least a season, get yeah. your kids in gymnastics yeah, most uh, definitely. for a season, because it's, I, I really think that there's things that you carry as a human being that are, are so attributed to the mm -hmm. art that you yeah. Spent, dedicated your life to that you earned mm -hmm. and even you saying that like once once even moving past a point where you know I had to make commitments and learning about commitment as a young as a as a young kid was I don't think that we we do that nowadays I feel like there's such a um this uh almost like this idol of respecting a child's choices um, that is like, okay, when they, when they make a choice to like change their mind or, um, which is to be respected, but then also to hold them accountable to something that they actually committed to before, mm. um, you know, and as a parent, like really looking at that and knowing that when you hold someone accountable, it's going to be a struggle. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's going to be a little <laughs> bit of a fight. And so oh, mom, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, <laughs> but then you remind them, you know, and that was, that was, there were many seasons where my mom pulled me out of the car <laughs> and was like, get your butt in the school. Young like, lady. <laughs> get in there. And I'd go in and I had super long ponytail on the top of my head and it would like flow on the side. And I was like, so like red face and my belt was really like, I was probably as tall as I am now when I was like <laughs> 11 years old. And I was just this bean pole and my uniform uh we really couldn't afford to buy uniforms all the time like a lot of the people did but then there was the group of us that wore the same uniform for like two years mm. and you could tell because it looked like it was you know, like i was going now. to <laughs> dig for clams you know because <laughs> it was just like capri and then 
Oh, because you because <laughs> it was just it was so high. I had like capris, um, but then uh, the belt was so high it was like right on my rib cage, and um, and so I just huff and puff in there. And my mom's like, "You, you told me when you were a blue belt that you wanted your black belt, mm. and you you like wanted it. Yeah. And I wanted to own my own karate studio, and I wanted I wanted it because it was it wasn't from a place of power, but it was a place of like, oh, this place feels like home. Yeah. This place is comfortable. This place I love this. I love the people. I love teaching. I love you know like any anything that we had. I love the the competitive part of it. I love the art part of it. Um, I love that I got to yell and but yet also like like the focus and the challenge of not itching when you know, something was, was tickling you or fixing your hair. I loved that. Mm. And even as a young girl, and then, but the, when we look at on the other side of that, after I got my black belt and I started teaching, how old were you when you got your black belt? 12. 12. Yeah. It's 12, 12, 12 years, years old. old. Yeah. <laughs> Middle school. It was so it's crazy. crazy. You so became excited. lethal at 12. Yeah. I'd like to more <laughs> so say it's like, learning how to spell i know yeah i, just, I in, know again, i in know my mind and their minds who don't understand uh, yeah. it's like a black belt a black belt yeah is like you're now like bruce lee yeah totally yeah that's that's the assumption yeah. until you it's get like there camp 17 is a weight loss program for women who are afraid to go work out yeah 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 because you're moving yeah right? and you're lifting yeah. weights or and yeah so it was it was this far beyond a um what I thought it was going to mm. be but you don't know it until you're in there you yeah. don't know it until you do the hard things you don't know it until or not even like sunny I had the initial choice of like choosing and saying yes I want to be a black belt and then my mom saying like okay yeah. so at that point I think it was like twelve hundred dollars that you paid at one time and it's a chunk of change it's a chunk of change yeah and no you could train like, young lady you get out and you get inside <laughs> but uh, think about this think about this so this was back um so i got my black belt in 98 uh i started in at uh, 94 no 93 I started in 93 right yeah that's the right math um and so when she asked me to commit i had been in for about a year and so twelve hundred dollars for like three years of training wow like, but you paid that amount and then you got to train however long it took you to get your black belt. Mm. And so you still had to like pay for other things like testings yeah. and whatnot. But, um, and so my mom paid that money. And so like fresh, like right out the gate, there was, there really wasn't any, and it wasn't like my mom never held it over my head. Like, yeah. Oh, like you need to do this. It was just something that I committed to and I yeah. wanted it. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't sure that uh, or I wasn't, I didn't know it was going to be as hard as it was. Yeah. And so they're like, there were the years I failed my first test when I was a green belt testing for my red belt. And the test was like six hours long. And <laughs> uh, it was on a school night. Oh, wow. And it was so like, it was so tough. Like it was so tough. I, I, I failed. They yeah. like, they all, they were like, mm, nope, you're just, you're not moving on. I think it was one or two of out of like, I don't know how many people. There's probably like 20 people there, yeah. two yeah. out of all of them that didn't pass. Oh my gosh! So I was like heartbroken. Yeah, you know, I was obviously heartbroken, and I knew it was. I knew it was hard. Yeah. Um, so failure was a part of it. Yeah, failure was a part of it, and so. Um, but then after that, I didn't want to do it anymore. You know, I didn't want to. I I failed, and I didn't want to do it anymore. But my mom said, "Well, 
that's great. Yeah. But you're going to. Yeah. You're still gonna you're still gonna move in. And so I then um then continued obviously my training. I got my black belt, which was amazing. But it really did like after getting my black belt and then the kids that were in front of me realizing that like wow, they they're going through really hard things and we need to learn. The kids need to learn how to do hard things. And the parents need to also encourage the kids to do hard things and know that they're safe. Yeah. Like they weren't coming someplace where they were getting hurt, um, but they were yeah. safe and they were able to still continue, you know, um, and, and learn a lot about themselves. Yeah. But now that's not yeah. really a, uh, something that we really hold so obviously on. it's like our our first podcast and mm-hmm. so we're like learning in the process so right now we've got like video going we've got sound going and we have got a dying battery on a camera oh my gosh so we are we are like needing to set up a little setup for uh so i'm gonna let our camera guy know that there is a charger there's a charger right over there and then um there is a uh extension cord extension cord upstairs behind um up there if there's a curtain kind of spread and there's an extension cord up there and there's like another outlet there or you could run the outlet from from there so there's a white yeah there's a charger right there yeah so that one can go and then um there should be another extension cord upstairs so there the curtains kind of split right there and so if you just go upstairs, there's like an extension cord sitting on top. Cool. Cool. Yeah. That would be so bad to just growing pain. that. Yeah. So you, yeah. so you get your, um, you get your, your black belt. And then from there you've obviously progressed and are now a six degree, six degree black, black belt. belt. Yes. Yeah. And so in the midst of all of this, you're gonna, you're, you want to run your own karate school. Mm-hmm. You're, um, that is like your goal mm-hmm. in life. And now we're sitting at a table uh, inside of our own facility mm-hmm. that you're not teaching karate. No. Oh. Uh, teaching movement yes. and kicking and punching, but not karate. So what, what happens? What happens here? What happens in general? What happens in the story <laughs> of Chantel's life that she was going to own a karate school and now she's here? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, there's this, there's this place of, um, there was like this accumulation like throughout my life of like things that have that have happened that have uh, that I've been um, participating in, like obviously like voluntarily. Yeah. And then there's also the things that come that the lessons that come that aren't necessarily ones that you sign up for. And so (laughs) we don't sign up. Wait a second. What what you're telling me and you're telling them is that we don't sign up for the lessons that we learn in life. Yeah, no, we don't. (laughs) But what's great is then what we'll do is then we'll actually go to classes and we'll sign up for people to teach us a bunch of stuff. But if we really were like super connected with like we had the tools to connect to how we respond and we react to certain things, we would have lessons all over the place. <laughs> we really would. But every day, all the time. Yeah, they're not necessarily the ones that we choose, but it's in our life. And so it's very fitting for just our person in general. And so it's kind of funny now, like even doing what we do and or just being around people where it's like you really do have like this external, we want to like 
search for all of these classes and sessions and but to learn. to learn. But yet, if we knew how to learn from our own life and our own experience, we would just need the tools and then we could go out and do it. Yeah. Right. But that would mean that we'd have to uh, get out there and try stuff mm -hmm. like do stuff and mm -hmm. say, I don't know, you want to like partner up in business and like try this yeah. thing where we like work with ladies and then we exercise and then we chat and then we just see how things go. Like, yeah, try that. Yeah. And or <laughs> it, like, it, yeah, experience you yourself your job part time <laughs> yeah, in yeah. order to do this. Cause I quit my job and I sold my gym a while ago. And yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so like experiencing yourself, like under those, those conditions. But I think that it really like, it starts with one choice and it starts with like, okay, I'm in mm. like, I'm in like, which is why this podcast is called do your life. life I'm, I'm in. in like I I'm in. And so what, what does it look like? Like when, when you actually say like, I'm in, there's a lot of, a lot of things that start to happen obviously in the beginning. And so for me, it was leaving a lot of things that I knew and it was leaving and it wasn't necessarily like, okay, I'm just abandoning all these things. It's like, okay, if I'm going to start fighting for the best version of myself, then the things that have, that I'm now in like these cycles of, of um, routine with my job, with relationships, with um, myself. Would you call that a comfort zone? Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I totally would. Well, no, but would you consider, I mean, because some people, they're just, they would be like, no, I, this place is great. Mm -hmm. Or you can come to that place where you're like, I am bored out of my mind. Yeah. So just even yeah. being like, you probably, you weren't bored. You were doing incredible things. I watched you do incredible things. Mm -hmm. I experienced the incredible things that you were doing. Mm -hmm. So was it more of just, there was a comfort zone of like, yeah, this is the way that things mm -hmm. should go. Yeah. I wasn't growing. Yeah. I, I wasn't, I definitely wasn't growing. I was moving forward in my life in time mm. and day by day and goal by goal. But then like we set the goal for what mm. we set the goal to keep us moving. We set, what is the goal unto? Like, what is the, what is the six degree black belt unto? Yeah. What, what was the six degree black belt unto? Do you think? Um, I honestly think like it wasn't something that I was like, I, I want to be a six degree black belt. Mm. I never set out to be that, but it was where I was in my life and what I was doing at the school, at the studio, it was, it was a part of my story because it was so obviously I was teaching and was it something that I wanted? Yes. Was it something that I set my mind to? Most definitely. Yeah. Um, did it help direct my training and keep me in a system and keep me learning as far as, um, outside of physical movement? Yes, but not, not anything in in life necessarily and so that's kind of where i i got to a point where it wasn't and don't don't hear me when i say that like say it's it didn't teach me anything because yeah. it did teach oh, yeah, me a absolutely. lot so i when i um when i knew that it was time to uh it was time to move on from the gym that i had and it was time to move on part of the thing that i realized why it was so important for me to let this thing go was that it had become who I was. It wasn't mm -hmm. something that I did. It was, hi, my name's Lucianne Crenshaw and I own a CrossFit gym. Mm -hmm. Like that, it was, it had just become a part of, of who I was and what brought me validation and what made me feel 
like I had value as a human being. Mm -hmm. And so would you say like in those times of moving forward of like, yes, I'm going to have a karate school was because it was, it had become who you were. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I think that there was a, there was definitely a time where I didn't know who I was without the black belt, you know, without, uh, without the accomplishments, um, without the records, without the awards, without, without these, these mm -hmm. things, you know? And so it was, it was a part, it was all part of the experience, but I never felt, um, I felt like I was trying to, uh, I don't want to say prove, prove isn't the right word, but, um, confirm, mm who I was. I was always trying to confirm who I was with some type of accomplishment. And mm. so it wasn't like I, I would like seek them out, but if something did come to, to the surface where I was like, okay, like if I lose, like this is going to change who I am. Mm. If I lose not only to other people, but also to myself. And yeah. so there was this pressure, um, and it wasn't necessarily perfection, but it was just, um, it really was who I was. And so, uh, leaving it for something else wasn't necessarily like, Oh, I need to leave this. It was like, okay, like what's, what's going on in my life right now? Where am I going? Like, where am I going professionally? Where am I going as a woman? Where am I, uh, who am I first? Am I, I'm a, I felt like I was like a black belt first. Mm. Um, you know, and at the time I was a wife as well. And so it was, I am, okay, I am a black belt. I'm a wife, but then who's Chantel? Mm. Who is this girl? You know, who's this woman in this body? Um, moving around with this story and with when when I don't know who I am then then my husband doesn't know who I am then the kids that I teach karate don't know who I am um and it's not because I'm hiding something but it's just because I don't know um and so if there's like this assumption of all these labels that I kind of had on myself where then even playing or toying with when you and I first started saying like okay we're gonna we're gonna work together what is this gonna look like mm there was the fear of if I leave this, who I'm not going to know who I am. And I'm leaving one, I'm leaving one leadership role for another leadership role. And, but, but yet who knew if we had no idea whether or not this thing was going to be successful. It's just none. Yeah. It was an, it was an idea. Yeah. It was a pipe dream that <laughs> was, who knows if this will even happen. Yeah. It was huge. And so then stepping away, step obviously starting what we started and it being two days a week. So I was like, okay, I need to step away from karate two days a week. I talked to my boss. He's like, okay, great. This is good. This will be good. So then stepped away. And then we then started like, okay, creating another program. And that the existence of that program would also change my schedule with where I was. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I'm stepping away from that as well. And then. Well, and then the email inbox was filling of like, well, I can't come in the morning, but can you do something at can night? Come in the evening. You're like, well, Chantel. So these people are asking if we have a night class. Yeah, I can do a night class. Yes, I. I left my position a while ago. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm very open yeah. for night classes. But that was a yeah. So then we ended up we ended up there. But then there's also like, I mean, obviously your story like up until that point like i mean who is who is lucian <laughs> who are you who are you yeah gosh well oh man where do you start i'm a daughter i'm an auntie mm -hmm. oh, i'm an auntie 
so a whole bunch of little cool humans. Yes, you are. Yes, can't wait to be a mommy. That's going to be amazing. Yes. Um, but I was a I I like you just started um, in in I was just athletic. I think I've probably tried every sport imaginable other than karate. Mm-hmm. But would you call karate a sport or is it more of an art? Mm-hmm. Both. A little bit of both, I think. Spark. I think it kind of starts as it's an art, and then it gets to it's a spark. <laughs> Get it? Sport spark. and art. Yeah, you're so cheeky. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would say that it's. Uh, I think it starts as an art, and then it turns into a sport. So okay. It depends on who you train with, and gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I remember just. Um, I tried everything. I tried gymnastics, dance, tap, uh, ballet. Um, t-ball that was so boring I remember <laughs> playing t-ball and I was like I'm standing in a field and nothing is happening <laughs> um, I tried volleyball I was really bad at it um, I was really good at soccer and I was really good at basketball and so played those most of my most of my uh, like through youth junior high high school um, played uh, ran the bases for the softball team one year because I like I said earlier I'm quick and fast so mm-hmm. um I uh, I ran the bases one season for softball. <laughs> nice. Was, I had no idea what I was doing. No <laughs> idea. You just need, um, needed I to run. Just was, well, and I I had already um, I got a Division One uh, soccer scholarship uh, in college, and so I had already committed to a school, so I didn't need to keep playing on the club teams that I was playing for, and so I just had a season off and the softball coach every year would ask me you want to come run the bases in in the spring and I was like no I can't I've got soccer I I can't do that and uh so I uh I ran the bases ran track a little bit so I just tried a little bit of everything very much excelled um in soccer and basketball and Mm -hmm. ended up going and playing uh college soccer and um Shout out to my old college coach, Paul Radcliffe. Just, uh, he's been the Stanford women's coach for 20 years now and just won another national title. So he's a uh, nice, yeah, great man. So learned a lot from him and um, played a little, uh, some semi-pro, wanted to pro- play professionally, but ended up getting really injured, got in a car accident when, when I was, car accident when I was 18 and just sort of lived in physical therapy. And my body just, my body was just never really the same after that. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, got a job as a personal trainer when I was 22, just out of college, didn't really know. I have a degree in exercise physiology, but didn't really know what I wanted to do because I thought I wanted to do physical therapy. Mm -hmm. But um, after being in physical therapy, I was like, (laughs) yeah, I don't. That's why experience is so important because you don't know (laughs) until you know. It's so true. I knew it's like in high school when I uh, worked at a pizza parlor and uh, worked behind a desk at the secretarial office and answered phones. I was like, I never want to do this. So I am going to work so that I do not need to do this. so you you wanted to be a physical therapist until yes. you had to go through so much physical therapy yeah. after your car accident. That I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, no thanks. Yeah, what happened in your car accident? Uh, hey, it was like what happened to your body? Uh, I broke both my arms. Yeah, yeah, which seems like kind of small, like scars, <laughs> scars to prove <laughs> it. You've yeah. got some pretty cool scars. I, oh, cool. Yeah. Cool says the person. Well, for real, like when <laughs> I when I actually first when I first when you first started coaching some of my classes it was one of the first things I noticed and I wondered like scars like when you see scars you just you wonder yeah. like what happened you know you know that nice there's a story fight. yeah just cut me perfectly Front right across back. the arm <laughs> Front. 
thick. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I got in a car accident that really opened my eyes to, um, like after seeing my car and not really knowing what had happened, um, just knowing that my life mattered. Mm-hmm. Like my life mattered because I absolutely should be dead right yeah, now. There's no totally way that I should life, be alive. Yeah. And um, so knew that my life had purpose, uh, went to college, played, got a degree, uh, became a personal trainer. And then a couple years after that, found uh, CrossFit in 2006, became um, an affiliate uh, back in the day. I think it was one of the first probably 200 affiliates in the world. So I'm like, yeah, you're like the top CrossFit OG. Yeah. And you, you had started it here in the Valley. Yes. And I obviously was here at the same time and I had heard about you through CrossFit and it was, (laughs) it was Lou Crenshaw but then also CrossFit. And mm. I was like, eh, and CrossFit was like really like coming around where I, my auntie did it in Seattle and she was like, oh yeah, it's like CrossFit. And I was like, what is it? And they're like, yeah. well, you don't have stations, yeah. but you have things. Yeah. And then when I heard that you were doing it, I was like, hmm. And then I'm like, I don't need CrossFit. I'm yeah. a martial artist. <laughs> I mean, that, and that was back <laughs> in the day where people would come into the gym and be like, what is CrossFit? Now mm-hmm. there's no, no question. There's no question. It's everywhere. But it was really, really hard. But you were, you started it when people didn't, didn't had know. no idea what it was. Yeah. It was just, it was a garage, a sweat box with like, it was, it was dirty. It was workout. a grungy gym that yeah. was really hard and rumor had it that everybody threw up and you're like, well, I don't yeah, know if that was exactly true, or rolled around on the yeah. ground if they were High done. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, did owned a gym for, I, I don't even know. This is like wow. our, this is the seventh building that I've made into a gym, which when we, uh, so I sold the gym to my friends, uh, which still own it uh den fitness we are literally like two doors down mm-hmm. from them and we started camp 17 inside of den fitness that gym, which is probably like tell, tell us a little bit about that like how that felt like birthing one gym selling the gym and then birthing something else inside of that gym yeah well I, you know when you were talking about like identity and things like that i remember i don't i don't remember the day but i remember that there was a moment where i looked in the mirror and i realized like i don't like the woman that's staring across from me like Mm. I don't like who she is Mm -hmm. um but I also knew that there was a woman inside of me and she was dying to get out Mm. but I didn't really know what she looked like like she was probably way less serious than I was I mean I still struggle with being serious this is why this girl is my best friend because (laughs) she helps me when we first became friends she's like I'm pretty sure I'm in your life to help you exercise your goof and that has it has been (laughs) five years of learning to exercise my goof and sometimes it's still not there. And other times it's just, it just right it around is. the corner. Oh yeah. Right yeah, around the corner. Right it's right <laughs> there. And I'm like laughing at myself and then I'm laughing because I'm laughing at myself. Yep. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm learning to laugh at myself. Cause I'm actually kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, uh, had, had this season of time where I walked away from, um, the gym that I owned. Mm-hmm. I, uh, went and, uh, left and went and did, uh, joined a missions organization called YWAM and, uh, was gone for almost two years on and off and just realized like it was time for me to walk away from this um, with no no other no other dream in sight. There mm-hmm. was no other business opportunity. It was just like it was time. It was time for someone else to to take over. And I was tired. I'd been running a business since I was 24 and I was 30 and I was a total control freak and had to do everything. So I was exhausted mm-hmm. and didn't know how to delegate and was learning how to delegate that 
what I did was not who I was. Yeah. And so really for me, I don't think it's everyone's story where you have to like walk away from everything you have to learn who you are. But for me, that was, I had to, to make that choice to say, you know what, like this isn't who I am, but I don't know who I am without it. So I actually need to separate myself mm -hmm. from it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that was, I, I had to do that. And so, uh, I, uh, <laughs> oh, this podcast is going to be so fun. It's going to be podcast so fun. Number two is going to be what is camp 17. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, so I got to, I got to step away from it and see who this woman inside of me was. Mm -hmm. And it's still a journey. I mean, it's yeah. still this constant, like unraveling with the knowledge that, oh my gosh, I'm never going to arrive. But I had this like dream about how could, how could we help, how could I help women, um, sort of like find freedom in their life and things that they just felt stuck in or trapped by, mm -hmm. or these patterns that they just kept doing over and over and over again. And fitness for me was always like, it's so much more than diet and exercise. Like mm -hmm. there's this like iceberg tip that's outside the water that we all see. That's like, mm -hmm. Oh, well health is fitness and exercise is diet and exercise. Mm -hmm. And then there's this like gigantic piece of the iceberg that's under the water that is every other thing. Totally. Yeah. And even, even like when I would, I would come to your classes and I would, and it was, it was CrossFit, right? It was like cross a CrossFit class is a CrossFit class no matter where you go across, across the country. And so, yes, like you'll have a coach that you like, that's funny or who is a little bit more motivating or who plays good music or, you know, so you have the ones that you like and that you don't necessarily not like, but the ones that don't, don't compliment you as an athlete. Right. And I remember going to your class and I remember thinking like, man, there's just so much more mm. to being in your class than just learning how to snatch and run or mm. row or like slam a medicine ball or there was so much more that was it was beyond it was as you were teaching the movement it was a vehicle for something so much greater mm. and there was an attention that people had when you coached that no other coaches had there was a respect that you were given that no other coaches really were given. And it wasn't because of this demanding presence. It was just, there was something else there that mm. people could see and they could feel. And I'm like, dude, this chick has got to be in front of people in front of a board more often. And I'm not talking about coaching a class. I'm talking about like life stuff, like and the opportunity. We have a 16 foot chalkboard <laughs> right behind us. That, you know I what? Know. I just love filling the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause I just think that you have like this unique ability to, uh, excavate all of the excuses and really, <laughs> <laughs> really like Let's look see. and say like, okay. And allow people to really look at themselves in a way that is like they get to stand in front of their potential and then they get to choose whether or not they're going to move forward. So you like move all of the things out. And I'm like, that's really what gets in the way of, of, of living your life fully. And you. yeah, you're welcome. Hey, that was a really nice compliment. <laughs> it's, it's so, and it's, it's awesome to watch as well. And so I think that after just like being in your classes more often, and then when we became friends, it was like, oh my gosh, like we both are really good at what we do and not out of arrogance, but because we really truly passionately care about people. Yeah. 
and seeing that passion, I'm like, man, it's, it's gotta be. And I was thinking that I was doing everything where I needed to do it. Yeah. And not really even seeing like, oh my gosh, if we actually like came together and did this, this would be incredible. Well, I think that's one of the beautiful things about when we allow ourselves to struggle and fail and we go through something and we make it through, um, then what ends up happening is that when someone else gets there, you can say, Hey, like, so when it was, when it was your time and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Let's like, let's Mm -hmm. add more classes and let's do this thing. Um, there could be moments where you're like, it's, it's probably going to be okay. I don't really know if it's going to be okay, but like I did this before and Mm -hmm. I totally lived. Mm -hmm. I definitely, um, didn't have a lot of money. I lived in my mom's garage. Like you guys, I, like after stepping away from the gym and walking away, I was 33 years old. Mm-hmm. So I'm like two days away from my 39th birthday right now as we're talking. Ooh, ooh. And I was 33 years old, living in my mom's garage, sleeping on an air mattress. I had a car that I had found. I don't even know where I found it. You remember that thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. It was this like light <laughs> teal Honda Accord that um, had like rusted. Like the bottom was all rusted. Yeah, it was all, but then it was it like had an East Coast like car. rusted holes like in the side of the car. And, uh, so you know, you'd like turn one way and then the, the speakers would shut off and then you'd turn the other way and then speakers would shut off. And oh my gosh. I and mean, then the window fell out of it too. Oh yeah. The window, when I was in Reading, it was like 115 yeah. degrees outside and it was so hot. I didn't really know you then, like but I just like fell heard out. Heard I don't things. even know what happened. So yeah, it was, <laughs> it was epic. Um, but, but being able to say like, Hey, I've been here before. It's really hard. Um, we might not make a lot of money for a long time, which we still don't, but mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're we're getting by. Yeah. Um, but the sacrifice is so worth it to see what it is that we get to do when you really are knowing that you're standing where I can look now and say like, ah, the, the lead up of all these things of running a gym and knowing, ah, there's so much more here. Like we need to get into the hearts and minds of people. We need to help people with anxiety and depression and loneliness and, and women who are struggling to have friendships Mm -hmm. and women that struggle with self-hatred and they don't like themselves and they keep starving themselves, but it's not helping. And Mm -hmm. they're on this diet and then that diet. And then they're moving from this fitness program, to this fitness program, to this fitness program and constantly like looking for that thing, which is not at the tip of the iceberg. It's like all the things underneath, Mm -hmm. which is where we get to, um, and where we have over the last four years really cultivated and even being in this space, we've been in this space for over a year now mm-hmm. of cultivating a safe space where women can really connect with one another. They can connect with their bodies. They can connect with their hearts. They can connect with their minds mm-hmm. and they can really say, Hey, dear life, I'm in, mm-hmm. I, I really want to do this. Um, but it's taken years and years. I mean, what do you think now it's where, I mean, when we first said this, it was like, oh, we have 35 years of coaching experience. Well, over the years now, it's probably, yeah, it's we're almost closer to 40, mm-hmm. um, you know, just of your coaching experience and my coaching experience of working with people mm-hmm. um, that have really led us to this place that has nothing to do with like how many personal training certifications we have or have not, but just the experience of our own lives mm-hmm. and our own growth and peeling back the onions and and knowing like, oh, there's so much more inside of me that actually creates the space for us to create experiences for other people. Yeah, yeah, most yeah. definitely. And just even having the, you know, the experience of even how Camp 17 was born and how our friendship was born is like what people struggle with. Yeah. And so being willing to say like, okay, like using my life and your life as an example 
of really like, okay, this is what it looks like. Yeah. And what does it look like to share this yeah. with other people? And what does yeah. it look like to walk with other people mm -hmm. when we ask them to do something hard yeah. and actually have them even come in and be with us, yeah. you know? And so it's, it's just been, it's been rad. Yeah. So for women that are local, we run camp 17, which is a four week, um, experience of yourself basically in a mm -hmm. group of women. Mm -hmm. Um, we run them basically quarterly, uh, and we're on tribe getting ready to start tribe 19 in 19 January. January. Yeah. yeah. Um, we just launched a, uh, it's called 24 seven. It's one week. So it's basically the entire experience of camp 17 in one week, in, in one week, it's like seven what, days, 40 hours with it's us, 40 hours. Yep. With, with you and I, and yeah. it's, it is, and we don't work out for 40 hours. No, we will not work no, out for 40 yeah. hours. Yeah, um, no. But we, we put this together because people were asking, like, for their friends. Like, my friend lives in Texas. Yeah. How do I, how do, I, how, how do they, how do they come and see this? Like, yeah. or there is like the, and this is also what we do really well, which we do remove excuses, <laughs> uh, which is great. But then people are like, oh, I would totally do this if I could come and see you guys, but I can't take four weeks off work. And we're like, sweet, let's yeah. create a program. Yeah. Let's create a week, week long mm -hmm. program where people can come to us. And then they're like, Oh shoot. Now there's an option. Okay. <laughs> you know? And so it really I does. Like, really we know that it's important. Yeah. And we know that, uh, that what we carry is, uh, is, is life and yeah. and it sometimes gets really confusing um where when we do look at life we think of all these external things but really it is inside of us and yeah. um if we don't know how to tap into it or even listen to it or hear it or we assume it's supposed to look like something that it doesn't which is very easy and very comfortable and yeah. um and we're supposed to arrive at all these places financially or you know we're supposed to have the home and the job and the car and the kids and the and the spouse and all of these things things and then once those things are set then but no like during all of that accumulation that is your life as well yeah. and so we the just journey of all of it yeah, yeah yeah it really is so camp 17 was really birthed out of friendship it wasn't mm -hmm. like two people that got together and were like hey let's run a business together and then we became friends it was really out of friendship that mm -hmm. the dream of camp 17 was was birthed and it totally. is um it is the continuation of like we've been business partners for f almost five years now four or five years yeah four or four and a half maybe, yeah something like that and we're still friends <laughs> like that's pretty it's pretty amazing <laughs> um but uh if you would like more information about uh mm -hmm. what we're doing where we are located uh you want to join us for a four-week experience you want to join us for a one week uh 24 7 is our one week and we actually have one coming up in february mm -hmm. yeah, yeah we february do. 15th through the 21st mm -hmm. So uh, you can go to our website at camp-17.com mm -hmm. and you can find us on Instagram at camp.17. You can find us on Facebook. Mm -hmm. You can find us on YouTube. And then your personal Facebook and... Oh, yes. And at Lushan Crenshaw. Is there a dot in there? I don't know. I actually don't think you have a dot. I have a dot. I'm at Chantel.Dayton. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, L-U-C-I-A-N-N-E is how you spell it. Lucianne? No, it's Lucianne. <laughs> Lucianne? Uh, no, it's Lucianne. <laughs> the story of your life, The right? story of my life, which is why I, for so many years, just was like, my name's Lou, because it was just easier. Or uh, the, Sha the Chantel. Chantel? No, it's Chantel. Oh, yeah. Chantel? Yeah. But yeah. here is the trick, is that Lou, 
and the beginning of Chantel's name, if you it was if it was phonetically spelled Lou Shan, that's what my first name is is Lou Shan. Brilliant, brilliant. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was like we were destined to be best friends and business partners, yep, changing the, the world one real conversation and work out at a time. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So this wraps up our first our first episode. Pretty incredible. Uno uno. Thank you for joining us. 